This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Nearly there, boys. Yep, we're live, so can start in a minute. Stop talking. <laughs> yep, we're live, so can start in a minute. Stop talking. Oh, no. Right, Neil, start us off, man. We are uh, live. <laughs> Well, good evening. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of Annie Takes That Chance, our second live episode. So we're still being very brave getting out there. And if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. What can, we, what, what can really go wrong? It's only a chat between friends, isn't it? Um, obviously, tonight we're welcoming and saying goodbye at the same time to what I personally consider a legend of the football club. Um, and that's rare to find in somebody who's not kicked a ball for the team. Um, so yeah, Huddersfield's best dressed, one of the nicest guys you could possibly meet, dressed down day to day, obviously, um, <laughs> but one of the nicest guys you could possibly meet, I'd like to welcome Sean Jarvis to the to the podcast tonight. Evening, Sean. Good evening, fellas. Uh, it's a, it's an honour, you almost, you brought a lump to my throat straight away there, Neil, so it could be an emotional, uh, emotional time we have tonight, but um, yeah, no, I'm honoured to be here. Um, Mixed emotions, um, you know, I, I'm so proud that I've done what I've done, but it, it's time to, to, to close the book, really. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation tonight. Definitely. Well, b- before we close the book, let's start from page one. Have a bit of a look through it first, shall we? <laughs> um, obviously, you've been with town 13, 14 years now, um, so it's... Obviously, you live in the area. It's a massive, massive part of your life. Mixed emotions, you say now. A lot of happy memories, Sean. There's, if you look back over the over your time, there's been very few sort of low points, really. Obviously, there's a few stand out as, as fans. Obviously, you're a fan now yourself. So, just talk us through a few of your, the highlights first. The stuff that really stands out as putting a smile yeah, on Yeah, um, you're right. The, the, the sort of nearly 14 years... 
spent at, uh, at town have been um, truly amazing. And um, I, you know, I, I started to scribble down some of the, some of the memories and uh, I just kept going on and on and on with all the different fantastic things. So uh, I'm sure we'll talk about all different things as we go along, but um, there are so many, there are so many I, I, I could mention. And even I had a, I had a text earlier from, uh, from a member of staff sort of, saying good luck tonight and, you know, make sure you mention all these things. And I've listed some of the stuff that, that I've forgotten and that the text is, is phenomenal. So it's, it, it is, it's been an emotional 15 years. Um, I've loved every minute, I've given every minute. Um, and, and for me, uh, it, it, is, it is a sad day that, that I'm leaving town, which is officially next, uh, next Tuesday. But I look back on my time, my 14 years at time, with, with, with real, real fondness. And, and I, could, I could really seriously list so many different things. And I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll chat about a few of them as we go along. But I think probably my proudest moment, probably surviving the Millbridge Budge bus to, to <laughs> you know, my life was probably my, my, number, my number one achievement. You know, I, I've never drank black, black some boats and boats. Sambuca like I did, flaming Sambuca. So, hey, there you no. go. We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> so, uh, no. That was an achievement, I think, in itself. Tell us how you arrived at Uddersfield. So, obviously, you were marketing director at Oldham for six years and then yeah. made the trip to the right side of the Pennines and joined us. How did that come about? Were you head on yeah. Did you apply? How did it come yeah. about? Yeah, it's, a, it's a great question. Yeah, I was, at, I was at Boundary Park and spent seven years at Boundary Park and... Um, and that was that was an incredibly tough time, uh, real handsome house stuff. Um, and uh, one particular year where I actually owned the club, I had to buy the club, otherwise it was it was going to be a berry. Um, so I had to sort of step in with the accountant at the time and did what we did. But maybe that's a, a story for another day. Even and then uh, we we eventually got three American lads to come in and and, and take over at, at Boundary Park and. I did a couple of years for them and I'd probably gone as far as I could with, with, with Oldham at that time. And they wanted to go in a certain direction and that was great. And then I got a phone call from a friend of mine sort of said, look, I don't know if you've seen this, but you, uh, you should apply for, for the job at, uh, at town. And it was a combination of, of both uh, rugby league and, uh, and football. Uh, and of course, I'd been involved in what was called the framing of the future. Uh, the shift of rugby league from winter to summer. So I kind of knew a lot about rugby league at the time. And, and so I applied. I applied. I lived over here. Um, I just had a little boy, Josh, who's not so little anymore. Um, and, and it just felt, it felt right. It felt the right thing for me to do. So I, I pinged that in and, and, and got an interview. And next thing I know, I, I was employed. And um, I, I give credit to, I think, the person that, that I would say that brought me in. It's probably, um, you'd have to ask them that, but I, I would say it was Ralph Rimmer. Um, I think he's the chief operating officer at the uh, yeah, RFL now. Doing a good um, job, yeah. Um, he was the guy that saw something in me that, that he felt was right for both town and, and, and giants. And uh, I remember coming home um, and telling the wife, uh, and family and they were really excited about it and 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 it just felt right it just felt right for me and 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 that was that was day one and, and 
uh, I, I came across, uh, I think, I think it was Yeovil um, before I officially started. And um, I was in the boardroom having a bite to eat in the boardroom. Uh, and this was under the, the stewardship of Ken Davy. And uh, I was in there, I was having a bite to eat. And I think, I think town may have, may have got beaten that day. And then there were demonstrations outside. I'm thinking, my God, what have I let myself in for here? You know, <laughs> uh, um, you know, and, and I could talk about fight for answers and all that sort of thing back in the day, and and how they made a, an impact on, on, on me in town. Um, so it was it was a a challenging start, shall we say? But uh, I always I always gave everything in, in every single day that I did. I worked at that club and, and still do till Tuesday. I gave everything I possibly could. And I, I, I always, I, I felt that uh, I always wanted to do it with dignity, with pride, with class, humility and respect um, was always my kind of mantra in when, when I worked at town. So when Old I Gary Monk's, it, it felt right. Oh, like. <laughs> Gary Monk's words then, Sean. Learn from the best. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, yeah. when you arrived at Uddersfield compared to Older Manwatch, Obviously, the club wasn't kind of like obviously it was now with turnover, etc. But was it such a big upgrade in Oldham in terms of size and kind of what you found, or was it because we were just coming out of administration at the time? Was it still in a bit of we say intensive care? Yeah, it was. Um, you're right, Cosy. It, it, it was, and and um, you know, cast in my mind that Oldham were actually higher in the league than Town at that point. Um, but you knew. As an individual, you knew that the potential was there. Um, and when I came over, when I came over, um, you, you just knew it had, it had kind of lost its connection with uh, its fan base, uh, its connection with its community. It, it was just lacking in all these areas. And the, it was going to take a lot of hard work. And I remember one of, one of the first meetings I held in the uh, Fantastic Media Suite and the board were there and, and I just joined. And so I, I was literally a week in the job and, and somebody said to me, how are you gonna fill all the, uh, the, the empty spaces of the perimeter boards around the ground? And, and so, and I remember looking back, you know, gates of what, eight to 10,000 people in, in, in the stadium, empty boards. Uh, I was chatting to somebody today, one of the suites opposite the boardroom it was like tumbleweed in there. So um, you could see it was in a bad place. Um, but that was the opportunity. That was the, the challenge, I think. And, and it, you know, it's not just down to me. There are lots of lots and lots of staff that have come and gone and, and people who are no longer with us that have all contributed to... to uh, I've just got to catch my breath because thinking of a couple of individuals... Um, that journey, that journey, it's, it's not just me, it's everybody that's, that's kind of contributed, really. People there, uh, the tributes are flowing in already, Sean, Ryan Dernley, legend Sean with a love art. One's <laughs> uh, Lord three, all the best, Sean. Peter Swallow, taken our club far since he joined the club, top guy. Pleasure to have had the chance to get to know him over the years, so there'll be a lot more. Uh, so hope you've got some tissues ready, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? I, I'm, sorry, I, how much... Influence did you have at the Giants, Sean? Obviously, Ralph Rimmer, it sounded like he interviewed you or brought you over, but was it 70% football, 30% rugby at that time? How did it work? 
Yeah, do you know when I when I joined, it was uh, it was full on, it, and I was working every day, including Saturdays and Sundays. So Saturday you'd, you'd have a town game, Sunday you'd have a, a Giants game, with a double header. It, it was it, it was incredibly busy, and you didn't get a day off. And I'm not that sort of individual where you know I've worked a weekend, I've got to have Monday or Tuesday off. You know, it's just not my style. So it was, it was full on, and um, Giants, Giants were were on the up at that time. You know, you, you could see that the potential was there. They were developing, they were getting things right, they were engaging, um, they were bringing in some good quality players. Um, so they were they were progressing, um, but deep down, I've always been a football man. Um, that that for me was was my passion. So uh, whilst I had to contribute on both sides, I always erred, to, erred towards the football, really. And, um, and then I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the Dean Hoyle era coming in. And, and, we might mention it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Dean, Dean sort of had the conversation with me and, and uh, wanted me to focus on football. So I, I gravitated towards the football, really. So I'm guessing from that, Sean, I'm guessing that when, obviously, when Dean came in, there must have been a certain kind of, I don't know, mutual respect sort of pretty quickly. And you've got on really well and he could obviously see the job that you're doing. You have got an idea for the sort of kind of guy that Dean is. And how did it then come around where it became a a lone club job and away from the rugby? Yeah, um, I think you know Dean. Dean was was incredibly passionate about Huddersfield Town when he came in, and uh, it, it, you could see what it meant to him. You could see uh, the passion he had for the club, um, and, and that resonated with me, uh, and it made me more and more determined for the football club to, to, to succeed. Um, and you'd have to ask Dean. I mean, Dean made the choice and he sort of, I think he said to me that, that he wanted me 100% on the football club. And I wasn't a director then, you know, I wasn't, I was an employee of the club, if you like, um, just doing my job, getting on with it. I mean, I do have a, I do have a lovely story that he, he may deny, but obviously Dean came in, he was a bit of a, a retail magnet, uh, done incredibly well with a card factory, building that and, and I don't know if you recall the pink and white striped shirt yeah. that we did. Um, yeah. and, and I phoned Dean and I said, Dean, I've had this idea. I want to do uh, a thousand shirts, pink and white shirts. Um, we won't play in them. We didn't play in them at that time. Um, but I, I want to put them on sale, replica kits, and, and sell a bit of money uh, for breast cancer. Uh, in particular, the HRI breast cancer unit um, in Huddersfield, and I mentioned this to a few a few people around the club, and nobody was backing me. Nobody was backing me, and uh, I phoned Dean and I said, "Dean, I want to do this." And he, Dean was very cautious about it. He was very nervous, and he was, and, and I wasn't getting good vibes from him. So I sort of said, "Look, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll actually buy all those thousand kits personally, uh, and then I'll just take the money back when we've sold them all and the proceeds." Can go to uh, go to the HR, and he said he said to me, "I like that." So then he backed me. And then he backed me, and uh, I must have, must admit I was bricking it when they came in. But 
uh, when they came in, we sold them in 24 hours. Uh, and Ray, I, I think we raised 10, 15 grand for, for HRI, you know, Pink Link sponsored it. Um, uh, uh, so it was a great thing. And, 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 and I think that probably cemented my relationship with Dean a little bit. And then, you know, the rest, I guess, is history with our relationship with Dean. I think in your role, you've got to have sort of courage your convictions, haven't you, and go out there and sort of put a stamp on. And you are chasing sometimes streets with no end, aren't you? It's, uh, you know, you've got to back, back yourself to go out there and, and, and get this business in. I mean, like we spoke earlier about the boards being empty. And I remember sitting there when there were eight, nine, ten thousand there. You look around and you just think it's just dead. You know, the, the crowd were dead. The place looked lost. And not that particularly an old ground then either. Um, so to, to do what you've done and to, to where it is now, I mean, frankly, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a good journey. So go on, go on Sean, your, your biggest highlight at Huddersfield Town. Wow. Um, without promotion to Premier League. Oof. Millbridge bus, Millbridge bus, Millbridge bus. I think my liver just about recovered from that, I think. Mean. Um, <laughs> I, you know, God, it's so difficult. It's so difficult to actually pin pinpoint someone. So I, I might give you three or four that, that really mean, uh, really mean a lot to me. I think, um, I think the, the, the bike rides, doing the 10 bike rides, um, is, is phenomenal, you know, to raise, you know, I think it's over two million quid uh, for, the, for the charities over those those ten years. Um, for a football club to do that, and you know, a football club of our size, uh, of our standing at that time, to do that it is is phenomenal. So um, you know, and, and and that started a conversation, me and Dean in in the heritage suite as it was back then. Um, that that's phenomenal. You know, I, I think. I'm incredibly proud of, of the staff that have come through and, and still there, you know, the relationship that I have with those and how I've seen them develop into individuals. Um, and, and, you know, even somebody like Sue Beaumont, who's been there 25 years uh, and, and his town through and through, um, you know, when I joined, um, she was a, uh, uh, a, a prickly character that was kind of stuck in a ways. Um, but over the, the 15 years, we've had a tremendous relationship where we've just bounced off each other, flourished and developed. And, and you know, and things like that, that see that stadium full, yeah. you know, and that promotion season, um, unbelievable, absolutely phenomenal. And, and to play my part in that, uh, the Huddersfield 100, uh, you know, incredibly passionate about the town. You know, as you know, I'm a, I'm a Leicester lad. That's where I was kind of born and bred. Uh, but I live up here. And I tell you what, I would fight for Huddersfield. And I have done. I've been in, I've been in places where people sort of frown upon you, look down upon you. you know, Is this Twitter, Sean, you're on about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know. um, and so, so, you know, I'd fight tooth and nail. Tooth and nail. And I still will. I still... You know, whatever my journey holds going forward, I, I, I will fight for Huddersfield. I'll make sure that it, 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 it's known. And we still, you know, we've got a place up here, so family up here. So um, it's still very, very close to my heart. So that's incredible. I mean, um, 
you know, the, the journey to the Premier League, unbelievable. The launch of the foundation and what the foundation now is. I remember standing up in a school, the North Huddersfield School, and delivering the launch of the foundation. So what that, that achieves is, is, um, is unbelievable. There's just so many you know, record attendances, you know, all those sorts of things, you know. Um, people like Tracy Nelson, um, you know, Tracy Nelson was another one was very difficult to begin with, but our relationship, fantastic. And a real diamond for the club, John Williams, been there a few years. John was, had been made redundant, was, was clearly on his backside. And that guy has developed into a phenomenal commercial manager you know, with a really bright future ahead of him. Um, so for me, there, there are so many, there are so many and getting to know so many friends. I think, you know. Um, Sean, we've got some more messages coming in. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, Bob, I don't know who this is, but you're looking pale, mate. All the best. I think it's meant to say from Dan, <laughs> David, Jane, <laughs> Jessica Walker, going to miss you and your selfies and our selfies. Paul Gibson, good luck, Sean. Thanks for all the hard work, mate. Jamie Dent, an outstanding servant to the club. All the best for the future, Sean. Hopefully you'll manage to make your way back to watch a game one or two when it's safe. And Neil Jacobs, thanks, Sean. Thanks for all you have done in the community, especially for Yorkshire Air Ambulance and Pedal for Pounds. Great memories. I mean, Yorkshire Air Ambulance, I want to talk a little bit about that because that, that was quite a journey. And I kind of thought it was, uh, it was so ironic, the game, obviously the Leeds game and Tommy Smith and the fact it landed on the pitch. I think it hit home for everyone there. It, this was uh, something affecting us and it was unbelievable at the time. And obviously there was the shirts and we were, you know, we were so big, weren't we, there, you know, for the Yorkshire Air Ambulance, I think in the mid uh, kind of 2011, 12, 13 season. Uh, why was that kind of our chosen challenge, Sean? Was it just something close to the club's out? Was it a link yeah. in there? Why did we go to the Air Ambulance? It, it, it was an interesting one, really. What we did is is um, decided that we we wanted um, a, an official charity relationship. We weren't quite sure where it was going to go, what it, what it would look like. Um, so we invited a number of charities in to come and see us and sort of sit down and chat to us about them. What were their ideas of a relationship with us? And, um, you know, Yorkshire Air Ambulance came in and they sort of said, look, this is not about, for us, it's not about rattling tins on every single match day. And that's the last thing we wanted. We didn't want to, um, we didn't want to annoy our fans by sort of saying, come on, dip into your pockets all the time. That, that wasn't what it was about. It was about trying to really raise the profile of something that, that needed its profile raising, that we could do things with. So, and we had, uh, we had a great relationship with um, Paul Gowland, who was the chief fundraiser at the time, came in and we just hit it off and, and he got where we're coming from. And, 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 and then the relationship was born and, and uh, we sort of said, right, well, let's put you on the front of the shirts. Let's do something. What, what are we going to do? And so the, the, the first bike ride was, was born. And, and uh, I remember Dean sort of saying, right, oh, we're going to do this bike ride. Uh, so I said, fine, okay. Uh, fixtures are out June 21st. Let's see who comes out and um, we'll, we'll cycle there. So uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking, great. Well, if, if, if let's say Oldham come out, that's only a 15 mile bike ride. That's all right. And, um, and then Dean sort of said, no, no, no. I, I want to announce it now so that whoever comes out the hat, that's where we're going to. So uh, I was like, oh God, you know, I'm looking down the division, seeing all these teams 
thinking, what on earth, you know, where are we going to end up here? Um, so we did that, we announced it. Uh, and then the fixtures, the night before the fixtures, Dean sent me a text. He said, Gillingham is the fixture. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> all it, it wasn't. So he's winding me up, but it wasn't. Uh, but then bloody South End come out, didn't it? Which is, which is just as far. So, uh, so the first bike ride was born. And I think it was 22 people cycled uh, from uh, Huddersfield to, to South End for that first first game. And um, I, I, the last time I'd, I'd ridden a bike, I'd, I'd have probably been about 12. So it was a phenomenal challenge for me. And 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 it started from there. And then the second year, we, we, we got 168 people. I think the third year, we got about 270. So it, it, it mushroomed really, really quickly nice. to this day. You know, the number of people that have cycled the length and breadth of the country and in Europe is 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 phenomenal. Team, you know, I could name all the team: Team Green, Alcoholics, Team Red, Nutters. They cycle everywhere, you know. So <laughs> Team Black, the Rebellions, but um, phenomenal. Team Blue, that was us. Team Pink, who used to wear tutus and stuff. And and it it, it kind of created a, a camaraderie like no other. And I think that's what makes it special. Um, it, it was a connection between a football club and its people. Yeah. And once you put that cocktail together um, and got it right, and to this day, I still don't see any other club matching what we, we have done. Um, it is, it, 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 it was something that was, that was purely, purely magical. And, you know, over the years, as you said, uh, Cosy, Tommy Smith, it meant Tommy Smith, uh, a lady called Karen Brook is one of the cyclists who, who had a horrendous accident with, with a horse, fell on her. So, you know, she's still recovering to this day and the ambulance came out to her. One of, one of the proudest things that, that the Yorkshire ambulance told me was that since we started the campaign and the money we raised, that has paid for every single air flight from the Yorkshire Air Ambulance in uh, Kirklees. So uh, all those call-outs have all been paid for by our people that have done it. So fantastic, unbelievable, unbelievable. And you never ever that can affect anybody at any time. It's actually a real shame you've not got to do this year, isn't it? I wouldn't so say <laughs> a good way to sign off or, or are you really relieved. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to say I, I'm relieved. I looked out for the weather on that those days, and it was it was it was beautiful. But yeah. um, I probably hadn't done as much training as I've done in the past. I'm not I'm not a massive cyclist, but um, yeah, you know, uh, I've done I've done ten. Uh, whether I come back for number eleven or not, when it when it does get up, will remain to be seen. But uh, I think there are five of us. Uh, there are five of us that uh, have done ten, um, and uh, you know, incredibly proud. Of those individuals as well, you know. Yeah, some uh, achievement. Oh, it's so, unbelievable. When you joined the board of directors in, got a, I'm doing my own work here, June 2009. What was that a real proud achievement for you? Or how how does can that work for people who kind of obviously just maybe pay the pine a pine and get to the games on a Saturday? What what did that mean to you? Kind of in your day to day role was uh, were you hmm. making kind of big calls on people to be kind of kind of just the, everything really? How, how did that work? Yeah, it was, uh, for me personally and, and my family, an incredibly proud, um, a proud moment for me. I'll tell you how it, how it was, how I was told. Um, 
I'd worked with Dean, I think probably what, a couple of years, whatever it was. Um, and uh, we, we'd gone to York races as a club. We, 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 Dean had paid for uh, a trip up to York races. Um, so we had, a, we had a table there for some of the staff. It was brilliant. Great day, camaraderie and all that sort of stuff. We had a, a, a good day out. Um, and then Dean came up to me afterwards, after the day, um, just had a quiet word with me and said, I'm going to make you a director. Um, which, you know, was it expected? Not really. You know, I always aspired to be that, but I'd earned it. I'd worked for it. Um, I put my, my shift in, as Dean would say, I was at it all the time. And, um, and I, I said to him, uh, the only thing I said to him is, I will not let you down. Um, and, and that was it. And that, that was the point then, really. Um, and, and I remember coming home that weekend, sort of having a barbecue uh, with the family, cracking open a bottle of champagne. And, and it just gave me more, more desire to succeed and achieve, really. At the end of the day, directorship is a title. That's all it is. It's about what you do, what you achieve, uh, how you contribute, um, how you walk out of that stadium every single night with your head held high. Uh, that is more important than, than any title. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm proud to say that I'm a massive believer in a flat management structure. Everybody within that organisation is my equal. It didn't matter. Uh, and, and I always wanted to treat everybody with respect, whether it be a fan from the terraces and to be a, a, a multi-billionaire who might be a supporter of the club. It didn't matter. It's about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis to make sure that, that football club move forward. That was that was important to me. So, Sean, um, I, I actually spoke to James Howard um, a couple of weeks ago from uh, Brighouse Town Chairman, and he was really like complimentary on on you and the kind of commercial network you and your team build up. Um, how does that feel? Do you feel like that will kind of be your your legacy um, as you kind of move on? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, um, what what my legacy? I don't know. I think it's it's down to uh, the fans to to decide that. Um, I think the relationships with the people, uh, particularly talk about the commercial side now. The commercial people was was incredibly important to me. Huddersfield is is not a massive town. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not a city. It hasn't got that many big players in there and even even those the big players such as mamas and papas are using international brand has found it hard has found it really really tough over yeah. over the past decade so our, our our businesses are not not amazingly cash rich but there are some unbelievable people in those businesses and uh for me that's what made it special and um i, I always felt that to help those businesses that we needed to build those bridges, build those relationships. Yes, they had to pay for commercial properties and the rights to be associated to, to the football club. That, that's how it worked. But by the same token, it was about, well, what can we do to help you? How can we help build your business on, on, on a platform that is football? Because if they're successful, then they'll come back year after year after year and continue to support you. And the more successful they are, the more they will back you. Um, 
and you know retention rate for the hundred has been you know in the nineties, high nineties at times. Um, and I'm proud to have seen a lot of businesses sort of develop over that 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 period. You know, gone from strength to strength. And I love hearing stories uh, about businesses trading with businesses. So um, you know, uh, I, I know of one or two people who have. Uh, who have used people from in the network uh, mm. and kept employment, kept jobs, kept funds in the region and in the area. Uh, and by the same token, I wanted to attract businesses to, to, to come and join the party. And there were, there were businesses from outside, uh, outside of, uh, of the region that, that were supported. People like Grand Central Rail, Sean English, become a massive fan, big Celtic fan, but become a massive fan of Huddersfield Town and really supports the club. And, and, and help me and uh, you know spread the word in London when we're on our journey to the Premier League and, and, and getting down there and meeting people. So things like that, that, that were all catalysts to trying to help the local economy. And, and I think that for me is incredibly important. But again, it's about the relationships, about the relationships you develop. And, um, you know, I, I term these people as friends of mine. And uh, like you would for any friend, you try and help them. Mm. You try and support them where you can. Um, yes, we know we've got a commercial business to run and they, they appreciate that. Um, but you work together. And, and there are times, as we know, when football is not as good as, as it can be. We have bad periods. So you need to turn to those people and go, um, I need your help here. You know, we need to try and get the message out there. What can you do to help us? And people like PPG used to send messages to all their staff, you know, little things that you don't sometimes see that mm. kind of help us build generations of supporters. You know, PPG is a good example. They helped us do the PPG Cup where we had something like 1,500 kids over a weekend compete. So it's in, in a football tournament, a kids' football tournament. There's things like that. You know, Chris Lee of Lucas Lee uh, would cycle um, in the bike ride and, he, you know, he knows... Um, an influential family that actually contributed nearly 10 grand to, to our campaign on the back of his connection. There's sure. all, there's all little much, things like that. How much damage had the administration done to the club? Because I remember Scoffer, God rest his soul, he was telling me that obviously the administration, a lot of businesses lost a lot of money and, and lost a lot of love for Huddersfield Town. So when you came in, you kind of finding that was a real issue that a lot of people didn't want to do business with the club because of what had happened. Did you kind of get any of that backlash or was it like say building relationships maybe with other companies who'd not been involved with the uh, club at that point? Because you, you were dead right. Even, even one of my friends who's, who's an MD of a business over in, here in Huddersfield, he, 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 he said to me that um, when, when um, the club, prior to the club being in administration, um, it, it didn't really have a relationship with the business community. Uh, then it went into administration and it went banging on the doors of the businesses and the businesses went, well, why, we, why should we support you? Um, why, why should we support you when you, you know, you, you've not asked for our help in the past? Um, so they found it really, it was really challenging. And, and I, I heard that message an awful lot. Why, why should we support you? Because you've not done anything for our community. What, you're a football club. So there was a, there's a real stigma attached to it. Um, so yeah, you're right. And, and what you had to do was was build those bridges. You, you know, you had to demonstrate to them that 
yeah, them to join forces with us will be great for the football club. But you know what? It, it ultimately be great for them. Uh, and I'll tell you a little story of of uh, of one of my my, my favourite commercial deals was. Uh, I used to play football for Huddersfield Amateurs, and I know probably one or two lads are watching now going, oh, here he goes. And I, I was the only back-to-back -back captain that got promotion. So the, the, Facebook will light up with my mates on that one now. But anyway, <laughs> um, I used to play football with a fella called Jonathan Thornton. Um, he was my fellow centre-half. Great lad. Uh, if, if you recognise the name, Thornton and Ross. Big company, big, huge company in, in Huddersfield. So... Uh, John T. Thornton was a mate of mine, played football, uh, a wealthy individual, great business um, in, in Huddersfield. When I joined, when I joined Huddersfield, he was, he was on my target list. Right, I've got to get into him. Um, so I sent him a couple of emails, gave him a couple of calls, and he, he'd say to me, it's not really for us, Sean. Don't really, we're a national business. Don't really want to get involved with a League One business. Not, not for me. So I, I pestered him and pestered him and pestered him, kept going back and saying, come on, Jonty, uh, I need you to back us. You've got employees and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, he came down. He came down to meet me at, uh, in the boardroom at, at uh, the John Smiths. And uh, he sat down. He got out his checkbook. He says, right, how much is a perimeter board? I said, well, stop there. Put your checkbook away. I don't want you to just feel sorry for us. I want you to listen to what I've got to say. So I stood up, did a presentation, talked about all the different opportunities. And, um, and at that time, we'd uh, split the home and away kit and, um, for, for sponsors to make it more palatable for, for businesses in our area to see if they could afford it. And, uh, and I could see that it was kind of, okay. And I said to him, I said, right, what about if we organised for two tickets to every away game for your uh, head of sales, sales director, to entertain somebody in the different areas? So, for example, when we play Leighton Orient, um, I could get you two tickets in the director's box as part of the deal. Your head of sales can then ent uh, uh, entertain a, uh, a Leighton Orient fan that's a potential customer. And he, he looked at me and said, can you do that? So I said, yeah, of course. Um, and then that was it. He signed the deal uh, and they've been there. They've been there for 10 years supporting the club and still great sponsors of the club, even though it's been kind of sold uh, and passed on. And, and, and Jonty's now sold his business, moved on, uh, lives on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean, I think. But, um, you know, that, that for me was what it was about. It's about understanding what it is the business of Huddersfield could get out of it. Yes, paying for that privilege, but understanding what makes it work for them. And that's, that's always been the key for me. And I think it's, it's understanding, it's listening to those businesses and going, right, how can we help? How can you help us? How can we help? How do we go forward? A few more messages, Sean. James Barham. Thanks, Sean. Pedal for Pants was a life changer for me in 2012. He's now done seven and loves cycling. Your energy was a big part of it all working, James. Team Red Nutter. Uh, Michael, <laughs> not one bottle of Recorderlick inside. What's going on? We'll be missed. Always took time to answer people on Twitter. 
even if he needed a tin hat sometimes. <laughs> Just an interesting one here, Sean, uh, from Michael. Can you ask Sean if he thought the Paddy Power sponsorship was a risk and if he had any doubts? Yeah, um, the shirt sponsors over the years, uh, I've got to say, have been fantastic people. Um, Kirklees College, Yorkshire Air Ambulance, uh, Recorder League, you know, Kieran, who's now living in Australia, big supporter of the club, really helped. And he couldn't get his drink inside the stadium, but he supported the club, you know, and that was out of the relationships we built. Um, yeah, even, even OPE, we're in the Premier League. Um, uh, you know, I travelled out there to see see the owner of the business uh, in in the Philippines, and, and that's maybe another episode one day. You know, that's an interesting <laughs> story to say the say the least. But um, you know, he became incredibly passionate about Huddersfield Town, and that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to get people involved. And uh, Paddy Power, yeah, it was it was an, it was an interesting one, and you know. Um, I know some fans are not keen on it. Uh, some, some loved it. And, and I have to say, outside of the bubble of Huddersfield, everybody I've spoken to absolutely adores it, think it, it, it's, it's brilliant. And, and the impact, it's how you measure it. You know, shirt sales were phenomenal. Uh, the reaction we got uh, was phenomenal. Yes, we got fine for it. And if I could rewind that, I might do it slightly differently. But um, for what it was, it, it kept us in the public domain. Uh, and and the, eventually the reaction to that kit, which I'm pleased to see you wearing, Cosy, um, was Ugly unbelievable. Un, I, 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 fantastic, Matt. <laughs> was <laughs> unbelievable. And I don't, think, I don't think we'll ever see the likes of, of that kind of demand for a town shirt ever again, you know, as much as I, I don't want to say that, it, it, it blew me away that that morning uh, when we revealed that it, it was a hoax and that this was the real thing. Um, that, I, 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 I can't, you can't imagine how the demand for that kit just went through the roof and, and the, the, the viral um, exposure that went around the world was phenomenal. Some might argue, do you know what? It, it, it wasn't the best for the club. It is what it is, and, and hindsight's a wonderful thing. But at that time, as a marketing piece of work, it was second. So, and I think it's won awards, Paddy Power have won awards for it. Yes, they were radical. Uh, yes, they were edgy. And when, we, when I came to the board about that, uh, I did sort of say that um, this is going to be a bumpy ride, whatever it takes. Um, but it, it worked. It served its purpose at the time, and Huddersfield stayed in... in in the public eye at that, that time, which was important for us. It's, uh, it's served more than one purpose, Sean, if, if we go back a little bit. Um, obviously, we, we have a fair few disagreements on the podcast around this release. Obviously, there were people who were against it, because it being one of them. Um, and obviously, I had a, a very, very different view on it for a couple of reasons, which I will mention, because obviously, you were a, a big part of this as well. Um, the shirt we have behind us being part of that story. Um, on the back of those shirts, obviously, there was a lot of money raised via the auction. And I was lucky enough to receive approximately £14,000, which was split between, obviously, helping the homeless in Huddersfield, the Huddersfield Street Kitchen, and, obviously, the other club that's closest to me, 
apart from town and his man club. Yeah. And to, to get the exposure and the support, and it's let me just make it clear to everybody, it's not about, the, especially Andy, Andy's man club, it's not about the money. It's never been about the money. I mean, when, when we arranged to have the the day down when we played Leeds at home, it was never, ever about getting a bucket collection and things like that. It's always about people hearing about that and people hearing about, you know, the, the good work that it does. Um, so that exposure for us, yeah, the money, brilliant, because the Andy's man club money in particular goes into just spreading the word even more. It's purely spent on on letting as many people as possible know. The street kitchen money, I mean, we're both on the radio the same day, Radio Leeds, the Colliders, and the, the money that we raised, or that you gave us, and then we got also money from the big sleep out, from the foundation. So we actually got £11,000 for the street kitchen. So you're looking at the best part of three years funding there, which ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So on the flip side of it being controversial and this and that and the other, there was always a, a very, very, very good side to that. And a great story came out of that that's helped a lot of people. And you know what, Neil? You're absolutely right. For, for, for all that went on, if that has saved just one life, then it's worth everything. It's worth... And you tell me, uh, is there any other shirt in football that has done that, that maybe has saved one life? I, I Probably not, no. I can't think Probably of it. So if, if, if for whatever reason, whatever reason, one life has been saved as a consequence of that, I'd take that. I'd take that every day of the week. Well, we'll, we'll just cover that so I don't have to come back to it. We'll, we'll do it all in a, in a one if that's all right with you guys. Um, obviously, the stuff, I spoke to a, a few people, obviously, made contact with you first and spoke to a few people and got to know a lot of people very well down at the football club and the support that Andy's Man Club in particular has had from the football club this year has been nothing short of phenomenal. I mean, we got the day, the, 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 the Leeds game at home, the game completely bypassed me, luckily. Um, <laughs> but to get our exposure, you know, our members, they're not a football team, the members on, on the pitch at half-time representing Andy's Man Club, the LED boards, which went up to, we got told we were going to get two each half that were near a six, seven, eight. And that was noticed. It won't, it won't, you know, every time they came on, the, the sense of pride that I get. I mean, the, the derby game at home when I saw them for the first time, not not too proud to admit, I, I just stood and I was stood on, on the old kiln the bank with tears in my eyes. And it's uh, to have my club back in my club just phenomenal you know they, every time I see the LEDs the Leeds game obviously the, the programme Rob, Robin Kennedy brought me a copy of the programme out when we were stood outside and that would me off again because I just didn't expect that <laughs> um, I think the stuff that I think Adam, Adam Tomlinson had a, a big hand in that and that programme still proudly got it it's uh, one of the best programmes well it's probably the best programme I'll ever have and I've been a mascot and got my little mug in, in another programme from Donkeys years ago <laughs> But yeah, the, the support, and I can absolutely guarantee, Sean, it's saved lives. It's not a life, it's saved lives. I've had, I mean, people know my Twitter profile and what have you. I just bang on about Andy's Man Club incessantly, and I make absolutely zero apologies for it either. I'll never yeah. stop doing that because it completely transformed my life in, 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 a, in a positive direction. Um, so to have that support from my club, 
I've had rough estimate at least 15 to 20 guys have pri privately messaged me on Twitter asking for information on Andy's Man Club. And from that, at least a dozen of those have attended and still attend Andy's Man Club, Uddersfield and others, Manchester, Sheffield, Leeds. So that's the power of it. So yeah. seeing that sign up there, if one guy that week sees that, that is what it's all about. And uh, I don't want to go too much into it and because yeah. I appreciate it's a, it's a subject that's very, very close to you. And I think the last yeah. time we had you on the podcast, you were unfortunately lost your nephew literally yeah. within days of the last podcast. That's right. So I think that became a bit of a... Yeah. I, I was actually speaking to um, a friend of ours this morning and he, he's very... Nothing but good to say about you. Not Nothing but good to say about you, to be fair. And what you've done for this football club, but when it comes to stuff like that, that's more powerful. Yeah, it, we spoke and, and said about you know, you know, it's without wanting to sound callous, the Andy's Man Club stuff probably came at a good time's yeah. a wrong thing to say. Yeah, but right. I think that the timing of it, there's never a good time for what you went through, but the timing of it was really made it really real. Yeah, made it really real and. You know, the, the backing that you've given it and is just phenomenal. And I'll, I'll, I'll be forever grateful for all that. No, yeah, and I think, you know, everybody at the club kind of gets that. And I think, you know, me personally, yeah, you, you're right. And, you know, um, that that period was was uh, incredibly tough for me and my family. You know, my, my nephew, um, sort of late 30s, took his own life. Uh, you know, one of the most intelligent lads I, I, I knew. I had a little girl speak five languages you know so to this day we still struggle so they're very close to my uh, to my heart you know mental health mind and his man club and, and, and i'd sort of say you know that anybody out there struggling and and there will be a lot of people in this situation i'm certain they should reach out they should reach out because there are uh, there are people that can help i'm not an expert so it's not me that people at andy's man club can help and, and they should do that but I think that's the power. That is the power of a football club. You know, Absolutely. the stuff. If you kind of rewind what we've done over the past 15 years um, to, to, to sort of help people, you know, like Andy's Man Club, like the Yorkshire Am Ambulance, you know, um, Hollybank Trust, uh, you know, um, Forget-Me-Not, all these different charities that we've, this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. 
just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Praised, we've supported, we've we tried to do our little bit for them. Um, it is, it, it, it is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And that for me has to continue because that's the DNA of Huddersfield Town. And I hope, and I'm pretty sure Phil uh, and the new team at, uh, at, at Huddersfield Town will, will continue to carry that um, and give back. But I think it demonstrates what really can be done. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, a football club is a business and it, and it has to operate as a business, it has to generate income, it has to pay salaries and, and all the rest of it. But by the same token, it can be such a powerful vehicle to yeah. make a difference to lives that you must never, ever lose. There's a smarter that. way to do things, isn't there? And that's, that's, de- that's most definitely one of them. Um, so yeah, from my point of view, just phenomenal support, phenomenal support, and it's uh, it, it does it saves lives. It is that simple. Sean, yeah. we're on this journey now. We've you've come in, Dean's put <laughs> money in, and we don't get past Millwall that playoff game. I'm gonna let's start let's <laughs> like a proper film here, so we don't get past Millwall. It's a bit of a all job, shall we say, in my opinion, to be on that goal, but we've complete, learned. Complete and utter. <laughs> yeah, so next season, 80-odd points. I thought maybe we could have got top two, but we didn't, but this was our year. We get past MK Dons, Peterborough, Old Trafford. Mate. Do we have uh, to? Come on. I, I, coming into that, Sean, how, how big was it? Did you think, I've probably not got another season in me if we don't go but Kind of give me the feelings when that whistle blew or, or the full day, really. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, Millwall, I'll tell you a little story. It's, it's the only time I've ever had a police escort uh, from um, our, our coach, uh, which was the directors at that time, to uh, the, the, the front entrance at Millwall. It's only about 10 yards. And I've never been so scared in all my life. We were just surrounded by all, all these Millwall fans. That was That was... That was spooky. I was actually quite pleased we got beat on coming out because <laughs> when you went down that road, there were some nasty-looking people. Characters. There were coach windows going through and all sorts. But yeah, you know, um, the Peterborough one, the Peterborough one was, was an interesting one because um, the plan was, the plan was is to turn Old Trafford into uh, a home venue, if you like. Uh, because analysis indicated that Peterborough were not so good away from home, um, that they were not going to bring as many fans as us, um, and that it was it was our opportunity. And this was it. And we went big style on it, big style on it, you know, making sure that it felt like it was home with the blue and white shirts and everything, um, you know, and true... You know, credit to the likes of Jonathan Wilkinson who, uh, uh, who went out there the night before and put them all out. You know, these little things that you don't see are the staff. So got there and, yep, tied up. But then I think Lee, you know, uh, listen, I'm not a manager and he would have to argue for himself, but maybe Made he didn't play the right formation. Um, I mean, Danny Ward hit the bar, didn't he? Had that gone in, might have been a different story. Uh, and then bang, bang, down the other end, boom, we, we, we were... Sucker punched and we were out of it. Um, 
And I think that that for me was was the lowest the lowest point of my time football wise. The lowest point, despite getting relegated, that was probably the lowest point of, of my time football wise. What about, the, what about the shirts, Sean? Getting yeah, the, the, the shirts like, being thrown. Yeah, it hurt. It hurt. Yeah. Um, coming back on the bus, I was entertaining all partners who had come over. And I had to put a, a smiley face on it for when we came back and you know, I had a, we got some drinks lined up and it was all a damp squib. So it, it was tough. But uh, credit to credit. I mean, Lee Clark was in bits. He was in tears uh, afterwards, um, which was which was a tragedy. And, and Dean grabbed him, said we go again. And that was it. We came in. There were still fighting us, still fighting us. But we knew, we, we knew, we knew we could do it. We just had to get the right kind of thing happening for town. Uh, and we just knew we could do it. Uh, even if we lost that year, we'll be back again next year. We'll go again. We'll keep going. Keep going. It took us, you could argue, it took us three years to, to, to get up. Um, why couldn't he get us up, Sean? Why, why couldn't he not get us over that line? Well, it was a bit of a... I didn't think it was a biggest shock as a lot of people did when we parted company with them and Sam and Grayson came in. But a lot of the outside, I remember talk sport, if you really cared about them, people were like, What are they doing sacking this guy? Blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. why did just couldn't Lee get us over the line? What do you think, mate? Yeah, it, 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 we did. We came under an awful lot of criticism around uh, 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 sacking Lee. And, and I've got to say, Lee's a fantastic bloke. Uh, I still stay in contact with him now. And I, I recommended him for a, a job in, in Australia. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, he didn't get it, but he, he, he's a tremendous guy. And um, his, his successor uh, obviously did the business. And he sent me a message today, actually, funny enough. Um, yeah, it was... Dean would know better than, than I in terms of why, but it, it felt like, for me, it felt like the, the grip was just loosening a bit. It was just starting to to not go the way we wanted to go um you never know Lee, Lee probably could have got us up I don't know it, it, again hindsight's a wonderful thing and you can guess um it was a sad day to see see Lee leave because he was passionate about the club he loved the club uh, yes he had aspirations for, for bigger things and nothing harm no harm in that um but it just just didn't feel right at that time uh, and then you know, uh, Larry came in, did what he had to do. He had a, a tremendous track record of getting clubs out of the uh, out of League One, and, and it, lo and behold, he did it. It, it just kind of happened. Um, so it was, it was a it was a strange one, but it was a brave call by Dean, I think, mm. and and it worked. It paid off. It what would you like to then penalties, Sean? Went you know with infamous Dean and Simon on the bench. What were you hiding? Were you down in a bottle of whiskey? Where where were you when? Uh, yeah. Chaos on, on, on yeah, yeah, the Alex Smithies one. I was Dean had gone down to sit next to, to Larry. Um, I, I I was still in the the royal box. I was still in the royal box, and um, I was stood at the end. I was, uh, when we got promoted uh, at Reading, I was I was sat behind Dean, but I was sat at the end on this one, and um, I had my wife next to me, and. Uh, <laughs> I apologise for any Yeovil fans um, watching. I apologise now because this is what she said. Um, uh, we, we'd gone down on the penalties. You'll see we were 
you're thinking, oh, God, this is, this is going to be it. And um, I remember turning around to, to Nigel Clibbins and sort of saying, nobody's hit it over the bar yet. Nobody's hit it over the bar yet. <laughs> and, um, and, and that, you know, history, you know, said speaks for itself. But we were down and I remember sort of going like this to my missus. And my missus said, not effing Yeovil again. So yeah, <laughs> she, she, she had enough of League One. But uh, so apologies, Yeovil. A magnificent place. A great I, I, I can echo those sentiments uh, you know, that have been at Yeovil so, on more than occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and I do I remember turning around to Nigel and saying, "Nobody's." And we came back. Was like, God, God, God. And, and I remember you know nip and tuck, nip and tuck, and just sort of saying to Nigel, "Nobody's it, it over." And then of course the Sheffield United guy, boom. Oh, it's still going, you know, to the stratosphere now. I think, um, and, and that feeling was was amazing. I I then the EFL took took us down, took us down um, through the tunnel um, onto the pitch, and I went wild on the pitch. And I got some great photos of me and Nigel Clibbins on the pitch celebrating. You know, to to feel that success after all that hard work was brilliant. Um, there was a, you know, some some Sheffield United people there, and they were so respectful of us. And and you know, I gave um, one of a colleague, he's no longer at Sheffield United, but a massive hug, you know. And I said to him, he "says your day will come." And and look at them now, <laughs> they're they're flying now. So it does, it comes around. Um, but yeah, special day. That was that was an amazing day, and and I think that was that was a day that Huddersfield went up a rung on the ladder. It started to move and, and away it went really. So very, very special, great summer. Um, I couldn't wait to, to get stuck into the championship. And then Sean, fast forward them kind of seasons. I mean, we nearly went down, didn't we, straight away and uh, incredible scenes against Barnsley, weren't it, when we were all on the pitch and, well, I won. <laughs> oh my God, he too shows me. Check the CC. <laughs> but, I suppose we've got to fast forward it, haven't we, into the uh, to the amazing promotion season. Did did you think in August? Come on, <laughs> no chance, was it? What were your hopes coming into that season with David Wagner? Yeah, the, the Wagner Revolution, the Wagner Revolution. Ding Ding calls me the luckiest man for coming up with that. But um, yeah, it's you know prior to that, you know there were. There were some high, you know, Simon Grayson got us in the top six, I think, early doors. So you could sort of see a little bit of the potential. Um, you know, we had uh, Mark Robbins. Uh, and, and do you know what? Again, a fantastic bloke. And I'm so pleased for him. Uh, I'm so pleased for him and Coventry City and what he's had to face there. And, and they're, they're back in the championship. For me, that's great. And I worked on Coventry Market when I was a kid. So I'm delighted for him. Um, and, and Chris Powell, one of the nicest guys you're likely to meet. Um, but it, 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 it wasn't right. It wasn't right. And then along came David. Um, and we, I think we played, first game was away at Chef, Chef Wednesday. And we got beat. And you could see, you, you could, you could. I've, I've watched that many games in football, in, in League One and the, uh, the Championship that you could see. And then I think we played Borough at home, didn't we? It was the yeah, Borough game. Murdered them. <laughs> murdered them. <laughs> yeah. 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 They were flying, weren't they? And and you could and and you just thought hmm, there's something here. It's, there's something here. And everything else that was going on behind the scenes and 
you know, uh, Scoffer, the ATT, you, you, you began, you began to sort of go, hmm, something, you can taste it, you can see felt it. felt different, didn't it? You could see it, you could see it, and, and you, you knew. And then, um, then we went into that next season, and uh, so the Wagger, and, and I went away, you know, Dean, Dean, I went away on holiday, and, and, uh, and this is one of my proudest moments as well. We, we came back, and we'd agreed that the pricing structure for the championship season, we wanted a, you know, a good, good crowd and I briefed in the marketing team. And, and to, you know, to be fair, what they came back with is, was, was not right. It, it just wasn't right. And uh, I'd got back on. Dean phoned me up on the Sunday. He says, right, what time are you in? I said, well, I'm, I'll be in any time you want. What, what do you want? So I got there early, came into my office and said, what do you think? And I said, mm, it's not right. It's not right. So I came, I came home, I came home that night and we were up against it. Time was, was so I scribbled and I think I've still got photos on the phone of, of, of the scribble. I scribbled it down, the Wagner Revolution, um, the 199, all these sorts of things, the scarves and all that. And I came in uh, and showed him my drawings and, and got the marketing team in and, and it was born. The Wagner Revolution was born. So then you could see it. You know, I don't think David particularly liked it. Uh, as, I've, as I've since read. He didn't say so at the time, but it was born and it was going. You could see the momentum beginning to roll. You could hear things. We were having conversations with the likes of Scoffer and, and, and all those guys at the ATT about um, changing the atmosphere behind the crowd, behind the goals. And you, you just sensed it. And then um, went away to Newcastle um, and what a performance we put in. And, hmm, and you thought, hmm, okay, something's interesting here. Came back. I, I'm not sure. We played Derby, I think it was. We beat Derby, uh, early, fairly early doors. And I, I turned around to Dean. He probably won't remember this. But I turned around to Dean and said, we've got a playoff team here. We've got, this is the playoffs. And you just, you just knew, you just knew it was, our, it was our season. And then everything we did kind of, and I've said this before, the culture was right. Um, the vibe in the club, the stars aligned. It just happened. It just, it, it was just magical. It was just magical. And even when Fletcher, I think it was Fletcher scored. Yeah. Then he took him off. He took him off. And Within minutes, it went madness. Yeah. Even then. And John Sheridan, friend of mine, sat behind me. Uh, and, uh, and I turned around to John and said, blimey, you know, taking him off. And he said, yeah, that was a mistake. Uh, and even then, you just knew we were going to get back in that game. And you could almost, you could almost write the script that Forestieri was going to miss that penalty. <laughs> it was just like, well, that's, if that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. Um, we, had, um, we had F and, on a couple of weeks yeah, ago, didn't and, we? And, and I remember, and I remember, um, uh, and Chef Wednesday, Chef Wednesday, nice club, the, 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 again, very respectful. And I had to pick up the tickets. The tickets were at Wednesday at Hillsborough uh, for, for the final. And, and I can't blame them. Wednesday were favourites. They felt that, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to get to Wembley and get promoted. Um, and I, after the game, I had to pick the tickets up. So I met, uh, the retail manager Luke and Jonathan Wilkinson um, 
at the Chef Wednesday ticket office and we were packing the tickets all in the back of my car, uh, driving them back to, to the John Smiths. Uh, and, and just that feeling, just that feeling we got to Wembley um, and, and boy, we got a shot at the big time. Um, was 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 unbelievable and and uh, you know what a day that was you know I had a heart monitor on um, <laughs> that was it was an awful job. day but magical day I mean the game of football the game of football was was horrendous um, I think Izzy Izzy Brown had the chance to score didn't he kind of missed yeah. it um, but again you, you, oh. even then. Even then, you just knew, you just felt that this is going to happen. And I was, I was sat behind, behind Dean, and uh, looked down, and it collapsed. And just the elation, the elation of the place was, 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 was amazing. And, and uh, I've got, you know, where I'm going off, to, off to Leicestershire, and um, I've got a picture, I picked up today actually, a picture that is going to sit on my wall. Uh, and my challenge is to, I hope he's watching tonight, Paul Nixon, the head coach at Leicester. I want him to make me have another picture beside this one. I'll show you. Not a picture of Ken Davey, is it, Sean? That's the picture that's wow. going on the wall at Leicestershire. And oh. um, it's, uh, it's from an artist called Richard Gow, Huddersfield lad. Uh, unbelievable fella, unbelievable fella. He, and I'll tell you, he sent me this on the back. But dear Sean, thank you for your support with this limited print. Please find attached a signed artist proof with my compliments. And I realise it's been a tough year with the loss of your mum. But my mum, you know, I've lost people on the way in the journey of town. My mum was one of those. I'm sure she was watching. Uh, so, Paul, we have raised a great amount for Huddersfield Town Face Charity, amongst others, all through the, the season um, that has been incredibly tough. I'm sure we continue to support from the amazing town fans, incredible players, the management team. We'll be back to winning ways. Uh, you know, this came through in the Premier League. You're more than welcome to my studio to come along. So, Richard, Richard Gower sent me that. So, that's going to sit, uh, sit behind me at Leicestershire County Cricket Club. Um, and that's the challenge to Paul Nixon to get me another one of those. Uh, so Leicestershire Foxes can go aside it. So we'll see. Maybe sure, I, remember, I remember seeing you outside Wembley. That you know, play a final, having to walk around at about two and a half hours for a kickoff. And I remember saying, to you, what, "What does this mean for the club?" And you were like, "Listen, I don't even want to think about it." So, <laughs> I mean, oh, and then to go obviously the Premier League. But what are we talking? Kind of just going, just times 10, 20, 30, just. Oh, a different stratosphere, different stratosphere altogether. Um, I, I'll tell you a little story about uh, about the playoff final. I was I was on a stag do with my nephew um, in Krakow, so there was about twenty of us uh, out there, and I was flying back on the um, played on the Monday, so I was flying back on the Sunday. Stayed at my brother's house Sunday, drove down um, drove down to, to Wembley. And whilst we're in Krakow, I'd got a phone call from Sky Sports, and they sort of said, um, "Will you do a do a little interview uh, with us prior to the match?" I sort of said, "Yeah, of course, no problem. You know, I'm happy to do that. Not not an issue." Um, and, and whilst and I was telling the lads in Krakow I was going to do this, so I needed to be 
um, not too drunk on, on, on Sunday so that Monday I'm all right. And they challenged me. They challenged me to get two words into uh, into uh, the interview. And if you look back on the interview, I actually get them because it was a bit random. One of them was Cardinal. So he's playing a drinking game while out there called Cardinal Cardinal Puff. Some people will know it. It's a fairly heavy drinking game. And the other one was Shaft. You know, the typical bloke, Shaft, get Shaft in there. <laughs> um, so if you look at my interview, I'm, I'm stood there talking, chatting away to Tim from Sky Sports, and he, he says, oh, you've been away on, on a stag do. I said, yeah, yeah, and I sort of said, oh, it'd be a cardinal sin uh, to miss this game, of course. I think, great, I got cardinal in. And I'm stood there thinking, how on earth am I going to get shaft in this conversation? Whatever the conversation is. And he said, what's it like, you know, if, if, if town get to uh, get to the Premier? I said, it's like, it, it'll be like, and it dawned on, it'll be like an elevator shaft, just going up and up and up. I think, <laughs> <laughs> So that was all going through in my mind on that interview. But um, yeah, I mean, going into going into the, the the Premier League is is a whole new ball game. It is it is global. The whole world, the whole world um, is watching. And we were, you know, Leicester City did what they did. Um, I think what we did was on a par with that. You know, great. Huddersfield 100%. Town getting to the Premier League. Um, it's staying in it. Unbelievable. So, yeah. um, you know, for us, that was uh, truly amazing to, to then think, well, we're going to be playing Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, whoever, you know, um, it was, uh, it was amazing. And the moment, the moment I left Wembley all the way back to uh, Huddersfield to celebrate, my phone was ringing. Shirt deals, we want to do this, we want to do that. Partnerships here, there and everywhere. Um, and it, it is, it's, it is amazing, absolutely amazing. Sean a bit of a change from League One then. <laughs> Sean just a bit. With it, because I was thinking that, I think just what you said there, people throwing the money at you. But how hard was it kind of to keep that loyalty? Because you know, to the firms that have backed us in the grim times and looked after us, the local firms, and all of a sudden you've got these multinational firms. Was it difficult? Or Because I remember seeing a few quotes from you kind of saying that kind of maybe people had to move aside to let the bigger money come in. How, how did that work? I bet that would have challenged that, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, it was. You had, uh, you had um, you know, companies that were interested in uh, spending big bucks with the club, you know, six-figure sums minimum to be part of the club. Uh, and, and it was, it was incredibly challenging because we've got people who'd been with us when we've been at Yeovil away, you know, when we played Millwall and at home, that game, they've been with us. So you needed to be loyal to them. So we, we did, we didn't hike up their prices. We, we, we bumped it up, but we didn't hike it up because we know that we wanted them to stay loyal to us. We wanted to be loyal with them. They, uh, you know, should we get relegated, we're going to need them because these guys are going to disappear uh, once once we get uh, relegated from the Premier League. You'll see these big numbers disappear. So it's a real challenge. It was a real challenge. But I've I, I got to say, you know, we as a club decided that we needed to stay loyal. And we did it with the £100 season card. Um, so we needed to do it with the people, the businesses that supported as well. We needed to 
to back them as well uh, and needed to make sure that they had a piece of the, the cake as well. So, Do you think we lost money um, on that, Sean? Uh, and, Do you think we lost money on you staying loyal? Because your values mean more to you staying loyal and the club staying loyal than you know, chasing the money. Is that, that a yeah, fact, would you say? No, I, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Um, I think um, had the longer we'd have stayed in the Premier League, it would have been even harder to keep that loyalty. So, uh, you know, prices would eventually creep up so that some of those companies then possibly couldn't afford it. Um, but, but I don't think we did. We got good value for, for the shirts. We got uh, some good partnerships deal in there. We turned one or two down. Uh, that, that's a story for another day. Um, so we... 25th of June, Sean, you're back on. Are they? <laughs> yeah. That'll be the X-rated version, right? <laughs> Um, Why did we change that badge? This is our badge, not that, ah, that, I, not that I, rubbish that you put us with. That, <laughs> that's why we went down, mate. Nothing to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Oh, that, your one, that one, there you go. This one, this one, yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, that, that, that's another story. Another <laughs> story. Um, yeah, it, it was tough. It was tough. But uh, anybody that um, that joined us, we, we, it was important that we, we made them feel um, the Huddersfield town in the Huddersfield Town way. And, you know, OPE, the, the Chinese company, they, they um, you know, when I met them, he got very passionate about Huddersfield. And he, he, he spent, uh, you know, quite a considerable amount of additional money on doing um, Chinese fireworks and partnership lunches and, and all that sort of stuff. So he paid for all that as well. Um, and, 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 and things like that were, were important to us, that they felt the fabric of the club. And that, I think that's what made us, made us a little bit special. But it was a balancing act between keeping that part of DNA and actually trying to generate as much money as you possibly can for the club. So it's, it, it was really, really tough. But I think we managed it, we managed it well. Um, uh, but for me, I enjoyed, personally, I enjoyed the journey to the Premier League rather than, uh, than the time in the Premier League, it, it has to be said. I mean... Unbelievable again, achievement staying up. I was in France cycling when um, when we drew at Chelsea. I was there at the Man City game, but when we drew at Chelsea, um, we watched it on a little screen um, in a hotel in France. Um, and, and that was a great feeling, an unbelievable feeling, a, a great sense of achievement. Um, but me personally, I love the journey, the journey to the Premier League. How, how fun was it to do? Because I remember at the time, obviously, you were doing a lot of like um, not stunts, but like launches with the club. Like I remember the uh, uh, the big shirts at the train station and yeah. stuff like that. You know, was that did that give you more scope when you're in the Premier League because you had more focus to do those kind of big big scale? Yeah, there, there was there was arguably a little bit more budget for us to, to play around with. But um, when I when I joined the club, I always I always said to to, to Jonathan Wilkinson, and I, I tell you what. Um, there are one thing I would just say, I'll just digress slightly. I would say there are some unbelievable staff inside that organization. I've, I've mentioned a lot of them this evening um, for what they do. That they, 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 they will die for that cause. They're not, they have no agenda, there's no, um, no ulterior motive, no self motivation. Uh, and the people, um, the people there, uh, you know, and I pay tribute to Jonathan Wilkinson. He, I always said to him, you're not a marketing manager until you've got arrested. 
and he used to scratch his head and like, what, what do you mean, Sean? I said, you get yourself out at two o'clock in the morning, putting banners up, uh, promoting Huddersfield Town in places where you're not allowed. Let the council rip them down. And then, uh, and then, then you become a marketing manager. And, um, <laughs> and I have to tell you, everything I asked him to do, he did. And, and I said, I remember saying to him that, you know, I don't just want kit launches. I want to do something different with our kit launches. I want to make them noticeable because it's a big part of, of the football club. And, and yeah, okay, we got criticised one or two times and people just sort of say, I just want a simple plain kit launch and that's fine. But we, we, I always wanted to do a little bit different. So you, you kind of think back, we did the greatest 11 um, and that resulted in a company called Absorb becoming a partner of the club. They saw it, the MD saw that, wanted a picture on his wall and he's been a, a partner ever since. So there's a knock-on effect. We did the projection on the, uh, on the, the, the train station yeah. uh, with uh, Jack Hunt and Danny Ward, I think it was, of the kit. We did the banners on the train station. We did Harold Wilson. We did the um, Ray Wilson shirt, which I was incredibly proud of. Um, so we wanted, we always wanted to do something different around our kit launches. Um, so, yeah, you know, the Premier League did allow us to do a little bit more of that. Um, uh, and uh, one of the things that I, I always wanted to do, uh, but I never, I never got round to it, was... Um, and people like Michael Heffley would have been brilliant for stuff like this, was I wanted to get an artificial pitch put down in St. George's Square mm. and have a training session in the middle of St. George's Square during, during half-term or school holidays and, and get David Wagner or whoever the manager was doing a training session inside St. George's Square and then stop halfway and then just go and grab the kids and get the kids playing in a football match on the artificial pit. I never got round to it. I never sort of saw it through, but that was, that, that's what, that's the sort of thing that was in my mind. I was a bit of a maverick. I'm still a maverick to this day. And, and sometimes that's a weakness, but um, they're the sort of things I wanted to do. I wanted to just push the boundaries a little bit with us so that we could do things differently, you know? And, and, uh, and I think sometimes you have to stand out from the crowd. With marketing, you've got you've got to be a bit brave and a bit nuts sometimes, haven't you, to try and make it stand out? Like you say, having the courage and your convictions to put your own money behind the pink and white shirt. You know, sometimes you've just got a, a leap of faith and back yourself. Yeah, I, I, run the gauntlet. You got to run yeah. the gauntlet. And I, I always sort of said, if I get fifty-one percent of people saying that's good, that'll do for me. That means I've got the majority. Um, naturally, you want hundred percent behind you, but. I think if you've got the majority, then you're doing some, and then if you you build it up, you you, you establish, you know, that the club is is forward, can be innovative, can be forward thinking, can try different things, and I think you do. You have to step outside your comfort zone, and and maybe sometimes I, I stepped a bit too far. Maybe sometimes I, I upset people, but um, it was for for the one intention to drive Huddersfield Town forward. As, as best I could, you know, commercially pushes, pushes hard. And, and I always think if, if you can have a good commercial structure, then that means your, your football structure has got to be good as well. And, and if you have a good football structure, you've got to have a good commercial structure. So they've got to work hand in hand. Um, so, yeah, I, I you know, I, I remember doing a big poster of Jordan Rhodes when we got to the playoff final. And, and that was the first time a, a regional paper had done things like that. Um, 
so all those all those different little things, I think, uh, kind of add up to a bigger picture and make it more exciting for the club, really. John, how much did it take out of you, the you know, health-wise, kind of this? Because I just kind of looked at it that it just seemed to be you answering on Twitter, the social media. We saw obviously Dean, you know, with his illness, you know, last the other year, and I just I was just kind of feeling sorry for you so many times because and it was amazing, mate. You were always replying to stuff people people didn't want to hear, and I just felt that I kind of a bit worried for your health at times because it, it just, just felt, a lot of one man show, didn't it? Yeah, I felt people were aiming questions at you that were nothing to do with you, but yeah, you always yeah. stood up and replied. And that's why, to me, you know, the love that you've got from the town fans will always be there because you always fronted up in the good and the bad, mate, and not many people can do that. Uh, yeah, I believe that. I believe in fronting up um, without question. You, you, know, you should never be afraid to answer. And I, I was quite happy. Yeah, you know, I, I hated it when the club was quiet. I, I just didn't like it. And I felt, you know, being a, being a fan... Standing on the terrace, you, you deserve, you deserve, in my opinion, you deserve the right to be answered. Um, and and yeah, I, I mean, I created created a monster with my Facebook and, and, and Twitter feed. Um, but I, I, I never regret it. I never, uh, you know, and it was done, uh, it was done for all the right reasons. Some people think it was, you know, self-adulation, uh, that it was all about me, blah, blah, blah you know. I, excuse my French, but complete and utter bollocks. And if anybody said that, I would say that straight to the face. I did it for one reason, one reason only, to help Huddersfield Town. And I've been a fan. I've been a fan. And, and I think I, I, I earn the right. I pay my money. I earn the right to have some sort of answer. Let me know what's happening with my club. And, and I felt that it was only right that I could give the best answer I could give back. And if they didn't like that answer, there's nothing more I could do, but it was the best answer I could give. Um, and I, 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 always, I always wanted to answer any fan, any fan. And to this day, I still get messages through Facebook, Twitter, um, and, and I'll try and help them as best I can to, to support them. Um, yeah, it did. On occasions, you'll have seen it. I, I lost my rag a little bit. I think I was on holiday one time. Somebody had a had a real pop at me with, I was with my family and I kind of lost it. And you, I'm only human, cut me, I bleed, I'm only human. But it, I always came back, I always came back to, well, if, if I'm a fan on the terraces and I pay my money, this is my club, and I want to know something, then please let me know, let me know what, what, what's going on. Um, and, and if it required an official answer, I'd always sort of say, look, you have to be patient, we'll, we'll bring something out or give them an indication of kind of what's going on. Um, and, and for me, that's just me. You know, that's just me as an individual. I was a front face of, of, of town. Um, you know, um, Paul Ramsden always calls me the, he says he's the voice of town, I'm the face of town. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it's not the other way around. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> right, um, you know, I, I, I it was just the right thing and do the right thing. I've always lived by that. Do the right thing. And it felt right for me. And, and you know what? Uh, once I leave on the 25th, I'll still put my opinions across because I think that's what's right for the club. And, and, you know, and I'll be honest and open, transparent, trustworthy. That the, That's what I would want uh, town fans to remember me by, really. 
Where do you see the club going the next couple of years then, Sean? Do you think we've got exciting times? I mean, it's a, it's a rebuild job and we all know it. I think we all know we need to try and stay up and kick on. But, you know, with Danny Cowley and Phil, obviously kind of new leadership in both areas. Where do you, Are you excited as a town fan now? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say I'm looking forward to a Saturday afternoon when cricket permits, Saturday afternoon going into the pub somewhere, Slobbers or wherever, um, whether the gas club's up again, Magic Rock were keen on it, but um, wherever it is, I'm looking forward to a pint, going on the terraces and uh, throwing pelters at whoever, whoever it is, where's <laughs> that tin at? I can't bloody wait for it, you know. Um, <laughs> where, do I th- where do I think the club's going? Well, uh, I've known Phil Hodgkinson for a long time. Wears his heart on his sleeve, very passionate. Cut him in half, huge town fan. Um, he, he, he is competitive, which I like, and... Uh, that's where me and him uh, probably go boom. We're, we're two very competitive people. When we play golf, um, it's it's forget chairman, commercial director. It's Jarvis versus Hodgkinson. But I, I respect him. He, he, he's a great guy, and he will do. And if you look at some of my posts, he will do. He will do right by town. He's got his work cut out, and COVID is not going to help. Um, picking the club up when it got relegated was a challenge. But Phil, Phil's one of those blokes who won't leave any stone unturned to actually try and drive the club forward. Um, it will be different. There's no doubt. It'll be different. Um, and, and I hope somebody steps up to the plate and, and answers and responds. And I'm sure they will. I'm sh- I, I hope that they continue with the, the CSR stuff. I hope they continue to engage with the, the business so I don't think it, this is a case of uh, it's broke fix it I think this is a case of right evolving it into another uh, uh, another level and, and the people at the helm will have their own ideas will have their own uh, ways to go about it and I think um, time will tell it's up to them how they want to I think Dean always says well it's not my train set anymore so it's Phil's train set He's got to decide the path that it goes. But one thing for certain is a town fan. So um, that, I think, counts for a lot. I love the Cowley's work ethic. I think um, I think that's a, that, that, that is a real asset for the club. Um, those two guys are, are very passionate, again, very successful. Um, I think there's a bright future on that front. Um, the, the landscape of football is going to change. So it'll have a big impact. You know, the funding in there is going to change the transfer fees. The salaries will probably be, uh, there'll be a lot of pressure on that. So uh, I think I think the next couple of years uh, is going to be tough, but you can see, you can see town knocking on the door of the top six very easy. I, I, I believe, you know, PPG can outside, uh, I've not seen it lately, but is coming on along really well I hear. So that is a great asset for the club. So all the things are there, all the pieces of the jigsaw are there. It's just making sure that it comes together, that it responds in the right way. I talk about culture. I I, I said in year two, I felt that we lost our identity and our culture a little bit and that needed to come back. I think they've got to rediscover that of who town, what the DNA of town is. Um, and I think once you get that, then town can be a very, very strong uh, championship club and, and, and can knock on the door of the Premier League again. 
Nice. I got a message here from Paul Gibson. The foundation and pedal for pounds and all the charitable works makes me proud to be a town fan in a way Premier League football never could. Well, sure. I think I've got tissues in my hand, but could you give us a parting message, mate, for the uh, town fans and no, 15 Oof. years and it's... This yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, um, I think first, I want to sort of say a massive thank you to uh, all those messages. Uh, you know, when it was, I think it was announced on a Friday afternoon and the whole weekend, and I mean from eight o'clock in the morning till, um, uh, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, I, I was answering messages of, uh, you know, the incredibly emotional, supportive, um, you know, and to this day, I still get those messages. So, so from me to all those people, thank you so, so much for, uh, for, for those messages. Um, I, I, I love the club. I'll do anything for the club. Um, you know, the, the people inside that club, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of other names I could shout out, you know, Sam Horseman, Robin Deegan, Rachel Taylor, Andy Booth, um, you know, all, all brilliant people that, that, that work for that club and support them where you can. I think um, town will, will, will my, my lad's grown up a town fan. So, um, you know, that that's it now. I, I, I'm stuck with it. I'm with it for the rest of my life. And, you know, and I look forward to, to, to being a, a different, a new chapter in the club. I want to say to the fans is, is be patient. Let the club evolve on its path. Um, there are going to be some incredibly challenging times and, and this, this situation is, is, is probably pushing town and a lot of clubs you know, to the edge. I know it's been challenging for, for, for Leicestershire over this, this period. Um, so it's going, to be, it's going to be hard. So the club, a club like town is going to need its people. It's going to need its businesses. Uh, it's going to need its supporters to really uh, come good again, and it will come good. But from me to uh, to everybody out there, thank you. Um, it's been emotional. Uh, I've loved every minute of it as an individual. I've given it my all. Um, I, I, my journey came to an end, and it, it and it was the right time for my journey to come to an end. Um, but but town is town is is right there. Rest assured. It's part of me, and and I'll be I'll be always around. I'll always be be there to help where I possibly can. Well, I think, obviously, personally speaking, from me to you, Sean, thank you for everything. You know everything that you've done for me, and uh, I thank you for that. And on behalf of myself, Cosy, Brady, mm -hmm. the other lads involved with the podcast, Matt, Simon, Danny, Danny, she obviously give you a bit of stick over the time as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, from from us to you, thanks for everything that you've done. Thanks for being as open as you always have been, as amenable as you always have been, as gettable as you always are. You know, you always respond. You always respond. It's um, it's rare to find that in football. It's rare to find that and, and somebody in your position. So from us to you, there's not a lot else to say other than thank you. And uh, we wish you all the very best at Leicestershire. And I'll be honest, 
I, I can't actually stand cricket. It, it just bores <laughs> me. But but I have said that mate, I am going to come down with Cosy. We're going to come and come got a straight dam on draft. A straight dam on draft. I had it last year. So <laughs> we're going to come down and please. take on the house. <laughs> on the house. Well, well, I'm going to come down and take in a Leicestershire game and hopefully get you there and buy you a pint. And uh, But yeah, we wish you all the best and uh, thank you very, very much for the last 14 years. It's been yeah, an absolute pleasure. Likewise, fellas, you keep doing what you're doing because it's important that you, you do what you do and you bring your message your message to the people of, of town. I think it's, it's, it's incredible what you do and I really appreciate it. And yeah, I look forward... I look forward to that Leicestershire Yorkshire game and, and going up against Gailey. Uh, that'll be uh, that'll be a good one. I can't wait for that one. Sean, no, thanks no. a lot and uh, all the best. All Cheers, the best. Credit Cheers. Stay safe. Same Cheers, care. fellas. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.